0: Welcome to the Fearless Vampire Podcast. I'm on a heartfelt mission through the art of conversation and storytelling to inspire women to pursue their creative entrepreneurial journey with reckless abandon. I'm your host, Taylor, a six-figure photographer and business coach based in Colorado. I'm a right-brain mompreneur to two toddler boys, devoted deep conversation holder, and your personal alpaca cuddle liaison. My hope is that you leave our time together feeling empowered and energized to build your dream life. Learn more at fearlessvampire.com. If you've ever built a website and gone through a big rebrand, then you know it's one of the most daunting tasks to accomplish as an entrepreneur. But after that, once the dust is settled and the site is done, the rebrand is done, how do you make sure that this baby that you just put sometimes hundreds of hours into is actually reaching your dream clients? I'm really excited to welcome you all back to a one-on-one coaching session where I get to chat with entrepreneurs, specifically photographers and have a one-on-one mentoring session. And today we have Elizabeth DeVoe. Thank you so much, Elizabeth, for being here. She's an Atlanta family photographer, and we just met on the gram. Thank you so much for being here, Elizabeth.
1: Thank you. No, I'm so excited, especially just to have a mentor session with somebody who's been doing it and doing it successfully. It's super exciting. So I'm glad to be here.
0: I'm really pumped for this conversation. And will you share with us, Elizabeth, a little bit about yourself, your story, where you're from, who you specialize in, what kind of photography you specialize in?
1: Yeah. So I'm Elizabeth. I am in Atlanta, Georgia. I've been here, oh goodness, it's been six, almost seven years now. So I've been here for six or seven years. And I'm actually relatively new to photography, I would say. I picked up a camera like for the first time ever in summer of 2021. So about a year and a half ago. And it just kind of really picked up from there super quick. And so I started my my business in February of 2022. And I spent all of last year really, really focused on weddings. Like I was like super, super sure, like elopements and ventry stuff and uh and couples. Like I was super sure that's what I wanted to do. And then come the end of last year, and I don't really know what shifted, but uh I went to families, and they kind of stole my heart. And so I spent the end of last year and beginning of this month kind of fully rebranding. So um, my focus now is families, really lifestyle, day in the life, like documentary families, um, a lot of newborns, and hopefully some births coming up this year. Uh, So that's where I'm at.
0: That's amazing, Elizabeth. And I really want to commend you for honoring that nudge that you got. Cause I feel like a lot of people think that, okay, I've, I've picked my niche now I have to stay in it and I, and I can't leave and I can't change, but I really commend you for honoring that and going, you know what, this isn't working for me. I'm going to switch to families. So what, what is it specifically about families that, that you love?
1: Um, and it's interesting because I loved weddings too. It wasn't necessarily that I didn't, didn't love them. I think part of it realistically and logistically is that I still do have a full-time job. I'm also an elementary art teacher and plan to, to stick there for at least the next couple of years. So I, I still do have that. And I second shot most of last year, but I started taking my own weddings around in the fall. And it was great, but it did prove to be a lot uh, while having mm-hmm. a full-time job still. And I think also a, a little bit of vulnerability here. I'm in the stage of my life where I'm like super ready to have a family, but not quite able to yet. So I think just kind of being around that space and pouring what I hope to have one day into my sessions is kind of giving me the life and the feelings that I need, (laughs) Uh, if that makes any sense.
0: I love that. Yeah, absolutely. That makes a lot of sense. And it's beautiful. And it's beautiful that that you love families because that you're kind of viewing that as like the next stage in your business or not business, business, but also the (laughs) the next stage of life that you get to like grow into. Yeah. Yeah, Right. Ideally both. Okay. Yay. So you just went through a rebrand. Tell me what that experience was like.
1: Sure. Yeah. So I spent, like I said, all, all year really building up my wedding business, really tried. Uh, and then I was like, well, let's start from scratch. So, I am actually. I'm going through like a photo business course, so I've been following a lot of like those guidelines. But the first step, I think, was just a lot of model calls. So I got to to really specifically create the vision I wanted. So I did three or four different model calls to kind of get the content, get the get the practice, get the experience to be able to showcase. And uh that was really, really it. And then focusing on the website, of course. So the website and the the model calls, I think have been my biggest focus in the rebrand. And and just kind of moving from there slowly.
0: <laughs> awesome. So aside from families, like what who would you say is, is your, your niche market or your your dream client? Outside of families, what is it about them specifically? Their heart, their values, their morals, their family? dynamics what who are the people that really just light you up
1: i think it's really the families that value the the value the slow like weekend mornings that value the time spent just like watching a movie after dinner the the like enjoying the mundane
0: I love that. I literally just wrote down mundane.
1: (laughs) But I think that's one of my lines on my side, like finding the beauty in the mundane and like, and in the chaos and just kind of embracing what it is like, not worried about the mess that's in the house, if that makes sense.
0: But (laughs) yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Is that something that you grew up with?
1: Not necessarily. I I like, I never really thought about it in terms of Mm -hmm. like comparing it to what I grew up with, just because I don't, I don't think about how I grew up too much, to be honest. It's um, <laughs> just a certain aspect of it maybe, but I think it's more so what I want to create for my future family.
0: I love that. So just
1: taking like my background and my partner's background into consideration and just thinking about like what is the life that I want to create for myself and and thinking about it that way.
0: Well, and you said right before we jumped on this call that you're also a um, an elementary school art teacher. So you get to be a part of the good, the bad and the chaos, you know, like, or not bad, but you know, you, you do get to see the mundane and the in-between moments Absolutely, as a teacher as well. Absolutely. Yeah. So, okay. So I'm, I'm really excited because Elizabeth, your question was, how do I find my ideal client now that I know who they are and how do I get my website doing most of my marketing? And that's amazing because I, the students that I work with, I tell them your website should be your number one and sometimes only employee for a long time. So it should be working super hard for you 24 seven. That's the job of your website, not just to host pretty photos, but to actually do a job to get you clients to bring in new people to give them all the information that they need to move forward with working with you. So I would love to, do you mind if we do like a website audit, like just straight out of the gate, a website audit? Absolutely, let's do it. Yay! Okay, so first things first, freaking beautiful. You have a gorgeous website, Elizabeth, beautiful imagery. I mean, it is just incredible. I can tell just from being on your site, you mostly work with the mom. Does that sound about right?
1: Uh, Yes, accidentally.
0: Dads (laughs) probably don't book... Yeah, dads, dads probably don't book a lot of in-home sessions, right?
1: Yeah, that. And I think, uh, to be fair, the, the model calls that I did too, a lot of them were specifically breastfeeding sessions and moms who wanted to capture that. And so I do think, and I've realized this, like I think through the model calls, this was not my intention, that the kids are, of course, a focus. But I think it's really, for me, what gets me is the like bond and the connection, the way that mom is looking mm-hmm. at you. So yeah, I definitely think that like highlighting the parents and the parenthood aspect of it is is
0: a key part. Awesome. I love it. So yeah, straight out of the gate. I mean, it says Atlanta family photographer, lifestyle, newborns and births. Like It is very clear who you serve both through imagery and through copy. And then your tagline is photography that feels like home. I think this is just incredible. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, what I noticed on your website, Elizabeth, is the homepage is like slaying it. You killed it. It's a rainy Sunday morning. You're drinking coffee with your little ones, you know, running around messing up the living room. You just clean. Cartoons are playing in the background and there's a pile of laundry or three waiting to be folded. So I love that you use this storytelling and narrative to draw in your ideal client, your your dream client. Something that I would suggest is maybe adding in a little more detail here. So let's imagine it's a rainy Sunday morning. You're drinking your cold coffee while your little ones run around messing up the living room you just cleaned. Cocoa Melon is playing in the background and there's a pile of laundry or three waiting to be folded that you put on your bed every day promising yourself, I won't go to bed unless this laundry is folded. I think getting some of those extra specifics in there is really, one, it's going to make them laugh. Every parent can like, I think... Resonate with Cocoa Melon, like you hear that, like <laughs> the, the first yep. like three seconds of Cocoa Melon, and all the kids swarm in, like you know, flies on a pile of poo. But then, like every every time my husband and I do laundry, we put it on our bed, and we're like, we will do this before we go to bed, or else. And then we just end up throwing it all on the floor.
1: You just move it to the dresser, yep. just stick it up there.
0: <laughs> exactly, we just throw it on the floor and never actually get to it. So I think adding a little more details in there, but I also love how you wrote, like when things get messy, when things get difficult, you'll have artwork to look at that reminds you of all the beauty in those everyday moments. Um, Now let's create. I think that that's beautiful. One of the things that I did notice is the homepage again is, is wonderful. It's got a lot of information on here, but there's no picture of you. And so I had to look quite a bit on your website to find a picture of you. So I would suggest like I think I think having an image of yourself on your website is going to start doing that extra work of connecting your dream client with you and sharing like a little bit about your story with them.
1: I wish I could share this with you but my on my next on my to do list is take self portrait. <laughs> it's, it's on there. Yes, <laughs> I love
0: it. <laughs> Perfect. You're already on it.
1: My current photos just don't don't flow with the brand. I don't feel, and I also genuinely hate having my picture taken, which is <laughs> everybody does. It goes, yeah, it's-,
0: it's painful. Well, so but then then Elizabeth, I go to your about me page, and there are a couple small images, but. There is nothing about you on here that makes me go, oh, this is, this is my person. And so there's some, you know, a little bit about like, I love the slow mornings and cozy blankets. I think that's wonderful. And I love that you add that you believe families come in many forms because I think that just inclusivity is really important for families to feel like they're going to be understood and respected by you and your process. But I also think that this is a really missed opportunity for you to really connect with your people. And that's one of the reasons that I asked, was your childhood filled with these like really small in-between moments? Because even though you don't have kids right now, you can still connect based on your personal experience, what you experience as a teacher, what you experience just being a human. And so marketing, I like to tell people marketing is simply storytelling. That's all it is, is storytelling. And so getting your business or your, sorry, your website to work hard for you requires doing some of that extra copywriting and implementing a little more storytelling into your website with photos of you, of course, whether it's behind the scenes. I think too, I'm going to go to your services page. I think Elizabeth documentary style photography is not new, yeah. right? Yeah. Like people have been doing it since the beginning of time. But for families, it's kind of this new genre. And it's so funny because we just got all of our Christmas cards. Like we're we're finally, I, I don't like to throw away my Christmas cards until like March. And so we have just like hundreds of families on our wall in our sunroom. But one of my girlfriends, I took her family photos. She sent her card and on the front, it says like, Happy New Year. And they're walking through a field. And then on the back, it says this card or these photos in no way depict our normal life. And so I just thought it was so funny because... I think for, for, for parents specifically, there is this uncertainty with documentary, like, well, should I do my hair and makeup? Does the house need to be clean? Are we doing it here? Are we doing it somewhere else? Like, how long do we need? So I think that for you and your website creating this space of almost education, like, what does a session look like? Like, what are the steps here? What's the process? Why would you choose documentary over a portrait style session? Do you have to do your makeup? Do you have to get the kids dressed? Or can there be a blowout? Can I nurse during my session? I think having a QA, because that was one thing that I didn't quite see was a, a QA. And even if it's questions that people have never answered, questions that you would want answered. You know, how long should we prepare for? Can we have cocoa melon on in the background? Whatever it is, I think having more of a a page, whether it's on your about me page, which I think would be a cool place to be like, why I do documentary, like, here's what you can expect from a session with me and answering some of those questions, but also on your services page, I think would be a really great spot to kind of educate people, because that's going to build trust, yeah. right? Like our website, we want it to build trust with people, so that by the time they reach out, they're like, done, sold, where do I sign? I don't care what the price is, Yep, yeah. sign me up. Like I, I trust this person so much. So I think adding a little more information, absolutely, on your site would be great for a number of reasons. One, building trust, and two, Google loves lots of context, and so that's going to help you get found more organically. Whenever Google can kind of pull words from your website and put like Google's sole job, and Pinterest and all the other search engines, their sole job and desire is to connect you with your people. Mm-hmm. And so if you can do a little bit of market research on what your people are searching and make sure that you add that onto your website, that's going to be really incredible. And it's going to connect you with the right people.
1: Amazing. You're dropping incredible little nuggets here. <laughs> I appreciate <Drop> it. Them <laughs> yeah,
0: absolutely. One of the other things that I noticed too is on your services page. So I don't know, like I know we've just recently met. But I'm a huge, 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 huge proponent of your website working really hard for you. And I think one of the biggest things that photographers, as is, is a missed opportunity, is not putting your pricing on your website. Yeah. You can do it as a downloadable PDF, but I prefer just front and center. Bam, here's like, we do a really good job, I think, as photographers of trying to give people all the information that they need. Here's who I am. Here's what I specialize in. Here's why you should trust me. Absolutely. Budget is still one of those things. It's a big piece of the puzzle. I don't think like you, you do have like what the session package is, like what the session fee is, But outside of that, what is the standard investment? Like what are, what can people expect to invest? And that I just firmly believe that having your prices front and center on your website, it's a huge build, like trust building piece with your client where they can go, great. I know what we're investing. I know how much time it's going to be awesome. I'm ready to book. Mm -hmm. As a mom myself, I simply do not have time to reach out to people and ask for pricing. So if I don't see pricing, I'm like, all right, I'm I'm just going to move on to somebody else who does have pricing so that I, in this 10 minutes that I'm hiding in the bathroom, pretending like I'm going to the bathroom, but actually like looking at family photographers, I'm just going to like get all the information that I need. I don't have time to reach out and then come back later. So I think honoring that, like you said that you've, you know, your ideal client. And so get into their mind. Do they have time to reach out to me for a pricing guide? No. Mm -hmm. So- how can I streamline this process for them so that I'm building trust at the same time and getting them all the information that they need?
1: Absolutely. No, I, I agree. Because something that I also like, if, if your prices are not on your website, I generally will not, generally will not reach out. And so that's something that I've struggled with, I think, a lot in the photo community is the back and forth on that debate. And like, I wholeheartedly believe in being transparent. So I'll usually send my welcome guide before you've even booked with me because I'm just like, well, I want you to have the information. Right. And so do you have any suggestions, I guess, for doing that? I'm trying to switch over to an IPS model. Mm -hmm. And so would you suggest like putting the entire like product list up or like what, what would that look like? If it's not just packages.
0: Right. No, that's a really great question, Elizabeth. I think there's a couple ways that you can approach it. I think that you could have packages that you get an album, five print credits, whatever. But if you want it to be strictly a la carte, I don't think there's any problem putting the pricing out there for the world. But I also think sometimes it can be really overwhelming as a client. Whoa, so many prices, so many things, but I think if you put the average investment for my clients is blank eight hundred dollars fifteen hundred dollars two grand, whatever it is, just so people know what to expect, I think there's a lot of the unknown of like, well, fine, the session fee's two ninety, but like are we gonna pay a grand or are we gonna pay fifteen dollars for prints? And people just don't know, and so a, a lot of that is educating people and so I think if you can put like an average of what people typically invest or what you are hoping that they invest, like as you're building this new clientele, what your goal is for them to invest. I think that's a really transparent way of doing it. But I totally agree with you. I mean, there's people who are die hard, like, don't share your prices, get their contact information first. And I'm like, Ugh. like you're working a full-time job. Like, do you have time to reply to all these inquiries? One, may or may not book. And two, like, I don't have thick enough skin <laughs> to have 100 people tell me no, and one person tell me yes, I would rather have one person tell me yes, and not know about the other 100 people that I just simply wasn't in their budget. And that's okay.
1: Yeah.
0: But what feels most in alignment for you, Elizabeth? Absolutely, like I said,
1: absolutely being transparent. If the rest if if I can get the rest of the site to sell enough for me that by the time that they get there, it's worth it, if that makes sense, then absolutely like I would love for it to just all be out there when I was first rebranding, I initially had it as three or four separate packages with just different print items in there, and I guess I was worried that I was limiting myself doing that, so i'm I don't know I'm wondering if there's like a way to do that without limiting myself and like still, I guess still offering those a la carte options after.
0: Right. Could you offer like three packages with print credits? This package includes a $100 print credit. This package includes a $250 and this one includes a $500 print credit. That way they can put it towards whatever they want to put it towards. But if they spend the $250 and they're like, oh my gosh, we forgot to get canvases for the grandparents they can still add on those a la carte items. But you know, and I think one of the things for photographers who do IPS is obviously there's profit built in. And so if they're, you know, if you give them a $500 print credit, it's costing you not, you know, the full 500 because you still have to do the work of getting the pictures uploaded, like proofing them. And then they put in their order and then you have to make sure, you know, like there's still a lot of work that goes into it afterwards. But... I think that that could be a cool option is offering a print credit and then they know what to expect.
1: And that opens that door.
0: Yeah, you you can put this towards an album or you can put it towards canvases or actual prints or, you know, a photo book, whatever it is.
1: Okay, I see what you're saying. So like, so having collections that include print items with an additional like print credit. Is that what you meant?
0: You could, or you don't even have to include the print items. You just say, here's how much the session is. Let's say, okay, like, you know, let's say your your middle package is, I don't know, $8, 850 but it includes a $200 print credit. You're getting the, the images. This is the cost up front. And then you can put, you can apply... Two hundred dollars towards any prints that you want or an album that you want, and then if they want to buy more, then it's a la carte. Then they can just do that on their own accord with their credit card and be done with it. Okay, that's one way that I've seen it—kind of like a hybrid model, I guess. Okay, where you're you're not including like an eight by ten. Because you don't know what they need. I mean, like for, for me, I'm like, I don't know if they've got a tiny apartment and I'm offering them a yeah. canvas like that doesn't do anybody any good. But if they just want like, you know, three, three coffee table books or albums for themselves and then grandparents, then great. You got $200 to put towards it, but it's going to cost, you know, 800 or 1200 or whatever to print those, you know, those albums. But I do totally believe in like pricing yourself in alignment with your own values and what you want. Because I, one of my students, she's a family photographer as well, who does does IPS here in Colorado. And I was the first coach that she worked with. And I was like, put your prices out there. And she did. And then she worked with another coach who said, don't do it. Get their email address. And she did that. And she stopped getting inquiries. Yeah. And then we started, she and I started working together again. And she was like, I'm putting my prices back out there. And then she started booking people again, right. like her dream client. Because keep in mind, like part of your pricing is also part of knowing your your ideal client and your dream client. If you know your ideal client is not going to book a $200 photo shoot, they want to book a $1,500 photo shoot, you pricing yourself for your dream client is still them. That's still building trust with them. Mm-hmm. A budget's just a budget. Like it's, it's not good or bad or or anything. It's just, it is what it is. And some people value, people value money differently. Some people really do want to spend $1,500 on a photographer. Some people would rather spend that going to Las Vegas. I mean, it's just a different difference in priorities, but whenever you're really speaking to your ideal client, your pricing is also going to speak to them and build that trust with them. And again, Elizabeth, if you're working with parents, like, I highly recommend you just, like, get a whole bunch of numbers of the kids' parents at school and interview them. Because, like, for me, if I knew that somebody was just taking care of all of it and I knew that I got a print credit, I'd be like, awesome. Thank you for taking our photos. Please design a couple albums. Let me know how much it costs. I got to go. My kid just puked everywhere. You know? So, like, as parents, like, the less decisions we have to make, the better, I I think as somebody who has two kids, a husband, a partridge and a pear tree and is running businesses, I just want it taken care of. And I don't want to have to think about it. So if that's who your ideal client is, which I think with IPS, it can kind of tend to go that way. of people who are like, just take care of it. Thank you. Do what you do and do it well. And let us know what we owe you. You know,
1: that's awesome. Thank you.
0: Yeah. How does that feel? I know that, that that was a lot.
1: Yeah, no, it's 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 uh it's one of those things where like you spent a, a ton of time like planning one thing, and then you realize that there's another thing that's probably a little bit better. So it's you know like oh, always, but, yeah. but that's like <laughs> that's constant. Like especially when you have your own business, that's literally every other that's day. Part of so. entrepreneurship. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so it, it's great. Yeah, no, i mean I'm stoked. It'll be good.
0: Good. Awesome. And I think when so the the last thing is I saw that you only have 3 blogs and as far as reaching your ideal client, I mean, again, you're working a full-time job, you just went through your rebrand, but as you start doing more blogging, I would really encourage you to cater this to your ideal client. In a number of ways, like the the title that you use, what's going to be most appealing to them? What are they searching for on Google? So, okay. So let me ask you, Elizabeth, now that you know your ideal client, where are they hanging out? Are they on Google? Are they on Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, Facebook? They're probably like likely
1: Instagram folks, but... It's one thing I think about all the time is like my Instagram is is so full of just photographers now that it feels completely useless to be on.
0: Uh- <laughs> yeah, so tell me tell tell me about that because I know that you you had said that in our chat and it raised a, a flag for me to to bring up. But tell me more about that.
1: I guess I feel like. One, I'm not very good at being consistent on social media. So that's one reason that I'm always like, okay, I I want to get my website to a place where like that can do my marketing for me and the rest can just be icing on the cake. But I noticed like my, my Instagram, I think, I guess from trying to get inspiration in the beginning and just kind of following other photographers, that's basically my entire following is just other photographers or past clients, sometimes past clients as well. And so I'm like, I put something out there and it's like, great. I got 30 likes on this thing, but wait, they're all other photographers. So it's not like they're really probably looking to book me. So,
0: yeah. Maybe, but they could also be looking to refer you, which is also something to keep in mind is that even though right now it's other photographers, it's going to grow inevitably. But it, it could also be people who are like eager to refer you, you know, like if there's a huge pie, we all can't eat the whole pie. We can only eat a piece of it. You could eat the whole pie, but you're going to be sick and dead and same <laughs> with business. Like you could take all the work, but you're probably going to work yourself to death. That's
1: true. Especially because most of them are wedding photographers now. So now that I've switched off of that, yeah. <laughs> fill that gap. Yeah.
0: <laughs> no, I, th- I think that that's wonderful. And I, I also think that, You know, there, there aren't any pictures of you on here, Elizabeth, on your, on your Instagram. Sure. And I think. Sure isn't, Taylor, (laughs) none. Yeah, I know. (laughs) (laughs) Get some pictures up there. So yeah, I mean, I, I think, I think in tandem with your blog, really focusing on storytelling so that your ideal client is, feels really connected to, to these blogs, but also optimizing them for Google to find you or. Have you ever boosted a post? Yes. On, on Instagram? Yep. How, how did that go? Tell me about that.
1: They don't go swell. Yeah. <laughs> I've put on a couple of Facebook and Instagram boosts and it really will hit, it'll, it'll spike up the hits on my website, but significantly decrease the amount of time on my website. So I, I'll.
0: Where do you, where are you sending them on your
1: website? So I had one of my first boosts, I tried the contact page because I had already given the information I thought on the post and I realized that was not working. So I, I switched it to the home page, And so they just, it, it's like four to six seconds and then leaving.
0: <laughs> yeah. So that, but that makes sense though, right? Because if you're sending somebody to your website, you want to have an end goal. And so I suggest whenever people are boosting, you want to have a lot of intention. And so what I would suggest doing Elizabeth is boosting your blogs, the blogs that you do have, would share a few photos and then send them to the blog and be like, look at more photos, read the story. It'd be like, if I messaged you and was like, Hey, meet me at this gas station. And you were like, all right. And you went to the gas station and and I wasn't there. It was deserted. You'd be like, what the hell did she send me here for?
1: Just to look at the honey buns. (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. Just, just go look at, but but I didn't even tell you that. Nope. I didn't even tell you to go look at the honey buns. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, them. just meet me at you. this abandoned gas station. Not that your website's an abandoned gas station, but for, as a user <laughs> to show up on your homepage would be like, now what? Yeah. What am I, does she want me to do something? I guess not. And so having a lot of intentionality behind boosting a post, and if you know your people are on Instagram, I would totally suggest starting with the blog because there's a, there's a lot of meat on the blogs, there's text, there's copy, there's images, and you're inviting them to come be a part of this story, of this family, of your story, whoever it is that wrote the blog, you're inviting them to be a part of that. And I think that that would be way more beneficial than kind of sending them to this roadblock. And that's always something to think about. Like, do you, if you're sending them somewhere, like, is there a roadblock or am I telling them what to do next? That makes sense. On your blog, you have a comment, like you have a place to leave a comment. I would almost swap that out or at least add a contact form because if I'm a mom on your blog and I'm like tips for a relaxed in home family session, oh my gosh, I want one. But there's no contact form. People are lazy. People are so lazy. If I have to go push two extra buttons just to get to the contact page, I'm not going to do it. Or add a button at the bottom that says, like, book your session now. Contact me. Check out the pricing page. Whatever. Tell them exactly where to go. You don't want to have any roadblocks on your website. And so I think maybe that's why whenever you've boosted in the past, they've just been like, oh, fun. What do I do now? And then they leave. But blogs are created to keep people on your website for longer periods, to educate, to entertain, to invite. I would, I would totally suggest doing that. And then like, as you start booking more sessions, hitting the blogging really hard. That's
1: amazing. I never even. I guess I never considered how much like the blog was still part of the website. I always see them as two separate things, oh, it's which is a bummer. whole website. And then I've never considered putting a contact form. Like I didn't even know. I was like, wow, that's a possibility. Okay, sure. So that's amazing. Thank you. <laughs> I didn't consider that. Yeah.
0: It. <laughs> yeah. So, sometimes it just takes somebody else going through your site and going, "What's the point? Yeah. What's the point of me being on this blog to invite?" to encourage, to educate. And then eventually to get somebody to go, I really want to work with this person. I love what she said about X, Y, and Z. Or, you know, if they're on your pricing page. Cool. Now I know. What's the point? Oh, I need to contact them now. Okay, cool. Yeah, now I know what to do. Or on even on the homepage, having a lot of channels, like opportunities for them to go different places. But I think the blog, the blog is everything. I waited way too long to start blogging. And as soon as I did, my business took off in very different ways because that's the meat of your website. So I think you're you're you've done an amazing job, Elizabeth. But I think in the arena of wanting your website to do the marketing for you, I think you've got some really cool fast action stuff that you can go work on now to really put it to work.
1: Absolutely. I'm excited.
0: Do you have any questions? I'm excited for you. Do
1: you have any questions? I don't think so. There's just a there's a lot and I'm excited to to I'm not gonna sleep tonight. That's
0: good. Do you have to teach tomorrow? Tomorrow's Tuesday. You have to work. I was was thinking today.
1: I'm like, I'm so glad this is a podcast because I can't tell you how many times people asked me if I was sick today just because of how tired I looked. (laughs) So I'm like, I'm glad this is a podcast and not
0: yeah. (laughs) And no one. Well, I was actually going to record video. I was like, ooh, I should do video, but then the internet was glitchy, so I turned off the video. And oh, it's so funny. The world Uh. was working for me. (laughs) Yes. Thank you. Thank you, universe Uh, oh elizabeth thank you so much for being here we're gonna put how to contact elizabeth your instagram your your new beautiful website in the show notes i'm so grateful that you took the time to be here today with me and getting to do this one-on-one session with you
1: thank you so much no I, i appreciate you doing this this is this is huge and i appreciate it
0: i'm so excited well thank you so much for being here on the fearless vampire podcast we'll see you next time see ya